Welcome to the FI Podcast, the place where we speak about all things accounting. I'm Dave Malthouse. And I'm Ben Bournemouth. From balancing the books to finding a balance in your life, we've got it all covered. So whether you're here for accounting insights, career advice, or looking after yourself while preparing for your exams, you're in the right place. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please leave us a rating and review. Hello everyone, welcome to another First Intuition student podcast. I'm Ben Bullman, I'm joined again this evening by Dave. Good evening, Dave Malthouse. Good evening, Ben. How are you this, well, I should say this year, shouldn't I, not this week? Well, we, we have recorded one edition that was a, a non-live studio audience version, so we have wished each other a happy new year. But yes, it is 2024. Um, The year has started really well, thank you. And I'm looking forward to one of my best days of the whole year. I presume you might be coming along as well. On Monday next week, we're having our big get-together where your group of tutors and coaches come from your centres and mine do. And we have a big get-together near Stansted Airport on Monday. Absolutely. The plan is that I will be there, so I'm fully intending to be there. I have no formal role this year, so I don't have to stand up and talk so I can actually sit down and be educated myself. But I do understand, Ben, that you will be there leading one of the one of the sessions i'm doing one of the workshop sessions on some safeguarding and well-being awareness and if we're in the same room i really like it it's one of those rooms people can maybe visualize this where there is a stage that you actually go and stand up on a stage in front of people that really boosts my my ego to stand up on a stage and be seen by people excellent everyone's imagining now wembley stadium with you performing the role of freddie mercury yeah, not not quite Wembley Stadium and Freddie Mercury. Although one of the Christmas presents I got from my dear wife is tickets to go and see Live Aid the Musical. If you come across this, Dave, I, I, I have not come across it. I don't really know what the the setup is, but we're going towards the end of February down to London, the Old Vic Theatre, to see Live Aid the Musical. Is the way it's been explained to me. I think it was one of those where Ellie probably wanted to go as well. So it was an easy win to get us both tickets and and put it in my stocking for Christmas. But I'm really excited. I I have tickets to go and see Swift Mania, which is a Taylor Swift tribute act um, that my daughter will be going to with two of her friends. So I will be the chaperone um, because I've been been selected ahead of my wife to go and see it. I know you've been looking for Taylor Swift real tickets and, and struggling like a lot of people. Myself and Dave had a catch-up, oh, it was at the start of this year, was it towards the end of last year, to talk about potential future podcast episodes. I think a good one would be looking at the finances of a music concert and particularly around the tickets and the resale stuff. Dave is rapidly becoming an expert in ticket resale websites. <laughs> I, I, I have accounts with many of them uh, as I try and hunt down tapes with tickets to my daughter without having to... Yeah, remortgage my house to do so. Tonight we're talking all things results. We've branded the session Navigating Results. Myself and Dave have been through many student cycles of sitting exams, getting results and moving on. We're going to share our wisdom and some thoughts about how you can deal with it. An observation for me to start us off this evening, I think probably the balance has shifted back a bit towards a number of the exams our students sit. They do now have to wait for their results. 
my thought was, if you'd have asked me maybe three, four years ago, we were very much going towards the lines of instant results or getting your results very quickly within the hour. But I'm thinking now, AAT, even at level three of the, the four units, two of them, students are confronted with, I sit my exam and now I have to wait while my exam is assessed and moderated before the result is released. That means there is a bit of pre-planning. Obviously, there's not a lot you can pre-plan to do on the ones that you get your result on the day. But for all of the ones where you sit your exam, then you're waiting. I wanted to start tonight on our navigation of things maybe to do ahead of getting your results. And I suppose my first point would be make sure you know when the results are actually coming out. We're recording this, and my understanding is we've got some ACCA exam results coming out this future weekend. They're usually Sunday night into early hours of Monday morning. We've then got some ICAW exam results on Friday next week. And something that hopefully, if you're not aware of, you can go and find after listening to this. The AAT now do a really great calendar online of if you've sat your exam in this week, and it's one you wait for your result, your result will be released on this day. So you can go and mark up on your calendar what day the results are likely to come out. Dave, if you're going to be seeing a student do that, what sorts of things do you think a student should think about if they know their result is coming out in a number of weeks? One of the things that I see quite a lot is almost kind of what I call study paralysis where I've sat my exam, now I'm waiting for my, my results. And because, I, because, I'm because there's that uncertainty around the results, I don't want to get started on my next unit. I just want to wait until I've got my result. When I've got my result, then I want to move on. And when you're looking at exams where it's taking you six weeks or so to get your results, that's a big chunk of time. That's a month and a half that you're waiting to, to start studying. Now, that does kind of one of two things. It either makes your study pathway longer because you're waiting six weeks, you then start your study, you then have to put in the amount of work you need to put in before you take the exam, and it just makes your exam pathway longer. The other thing it can do is if you're doing something like ACCA or ICAW where you could be sitting exams once every three months, taking a six-week break means that you're now trying to cram all of your study into a much, much smaller time period. So that increases pressure and stress when you're preparing for your exam. So there's a big chunk of time that you've got from sitting your exam to receiving your results, where I think you could use it really fruitfully to begin studying towards the next exam that you're taking. You called it study paralysis. I quite often call it results limbo. One way or the other, though, there is that horrible, and it's usually six to eight weeks, which is really actually a rubbish amount of time because it's it's long enough that you really should be doing something in six to eight weeks. Yeah. But also, when you say it, when it's only six to eight weeks, when you look on a calendar, you can say, do you know what, I could have some time with no study. And I think we need to be really careful there. I know some students really do value a bit of respite away from study saying there is nothing I can now do about the exam I've just sat and I'm going to wait for my result. I think particularly this time of the year, if that straddles something like Christmas break, which it will have done for the guys I was talking about at the start of this evening that are getting their results in the next couple of weeks, 
in a way, it does give you quite a nice festive shutdown. But you are 100% correct, Dave. I have lots of students contact me saying, Ben, I'm getting itchy feet. I really feel I need to be doing something. And so that means, yeah, actually, go for it then. Just had an observation. We have got live students with us and somebody saying, potentially, use that to book your summer holiday. If you're a really kind of proactive student, exactly. That's a great thing to plan to do. Sit my exam. Just be very mindful. I think I've talked on the podcast before about a really bad experience me and my wife Ellie had where we booked a holiday the day after she'd sat an exam and it was a terrible holiday because we hadn't really switched into holiday mode or packed properly or prepared. But exactly right. If you can coordinate a holiday within that results window, they are holiday weeks that you wouldn't have been necessarily studying in anyway. But I think a lot of students come to terms with the fact I'm probably okay to start looking at the next unit before I've got my confirmed result for the one I've just done. There's always the exception to the rule, but Dave, would your gut feel maybe mine with regards to I think most students would value doing some work on the next unit and not regret that because hopefully they've passed the exam they're going to get their results for and they really get a kickstart into the next unit. Yeah, I don't think there's, that there's really a downside in doing so. Um, I think some people have a view that if I start signing for the next unit, I'll forget something from the previous units. Now, I mean, I, I don't know that much about you know brain, you know your brain chemistry and and how your brain operates, but I don't think it is true that. If you learn something else, it pushes something else out to make way for it. I think that knowledge still resides there. Um, I think it is true that if you leave it six weeks from sitting an exam to picking up the books again that, that are for that material, if you're saying you had to retake the exam, your knowledge is likely to have slipped a little because you haven't done any study. That will be the same whether you study for something else or not. Um, the if it means that you end up not taking that exam because you've been unsuccessful, then all it means is that you've started to build up your knowledge base and you'll pick it up again in six months' time or whenever it is you take that exam and you'll have a head start because you're already familiar with some of the material. So I can't honestly think of a downside of starting your study for your next unit before you receive results for the one you've just taken. Also had another observation in the chat box. Interested to get your thoughts on this one. Somebody saying they're aware of some students that do all of the study and then sit all of the assessments at the end. I personally do not like the sound of that. I think that sounds a bit more like school learning. As somebody, as a, a parent, my eldest daughter's in the first year of her GCSE year, so she's in year 10. Actually, she's coming to terms with the thought that she's still going to have to sit all of her different subject exams in quite a condensed block of time. If I said to her now, Layla, would you rather do your chemistry exam for the next two months, sit the exam, and then you move on to your biology exam, I think she would bite my hand off. And we've got that opportunity in the vast majority of qualifications we teach for, Dave, haven't we? Yep. Yeah, we have. With with all the qualifications we run, there's, there's no qualification that I can think of where you have to sit multiple exams at the same time. With every syllabus that I teach, you can take the exams one at a time. Sometimes that can take quite a bit of time. I'm thinking of final level ICAW, that can take quite some time if you do one at a time. Um, it is possible to do more than one. Um, I, I always tend to think that 
it's not necessary. So if you're deciding to take multiple exams at the same sitting, usually that's because you don't want to take exams at other times. So it could be that you decide that you're going to do, say, four ACCA exams or four AAT exams over the course of this year, and you're going to sit all four exams in December, and you're going to study over the course of this year and take all those exams in December. And the reason you've chosen that is because your work's really quiet in December and you want to channel everything to December and you can't commit to being able to prepare for an exam earlier. That might be a reason to do that. But I think for most of us, if we are able to take exams, you know, one in March and then one in June and then one in September, one in December, it just makes it so much easier to focus on that one thing to each of those exam sittings. So some people may have to, or some people may feel that it works better for them. But I think for the majority of people that I speak to, it's just far easier to do one exam at a time, take the exam, then move on. I I agree completely. I think if we're thinking about picking up the books or getting the material for the next study unit before we've got our result for the one we've just sat, it's also worth thinking something we've talked about in previous episodes of the podcast, the sequencing of your units and modules. We know, Dave, don't we, as tutors, that some flow better into the next unit than others. And it's not the end of the world if you've already started looking at that one because it might be overlapping a bit or confirming some of the knowledge. So it's always worth speaking with your tutors about the sequence. If you're studying in a classroom, your college, I do or review the sequencing that we do for our courses for the study centres in East Anglia that I cover. And we look at the order students are going to do it. And one of the considerations is there which ones flow nicely into the the next one. So worth getting some advice there in advance before you just randomly pick the next study unit because you like the sound of the name. Think about that. Does it fit in with the sequence that I'm doing things in advance? Um, Thinking about pre-planning for results day, what sort of character were you on results day, Dave? Were you really buoyant? Were you really up for it? Did you hide away? Were you particularly grumpy or anxious in advance? Um, hated it. Exam day was probably the worst day for me. I, I really, really disliked exam results day. Um, yeah, it, for me, it was getting envelopes throughout most of my my result getting lifetime. Um, I almost dreaded getting the envelope. So I'd come, come home from work and the envelope would be waiting on my doorstep for me. I'd procrastinate a little bit about opening it. You kind of had a almost a uh, a Schrodinger's result situation whereby while the envelope was sealed, you, you could have passed or failed. It, you know, both options were still open to you, but the moment you opened it, one of them was definitely going to be true. Um, thankfully, for most of my for all of my accountancy exams, in fact, um, the results were all um, were all positive, so I, I was successful in the exams that I took. I remember my very last exam sitting was the I could actually log on to the ACCA's website to get hold of the exam results there. Um, and that was yeah a nervy experience because I, I think I, I seem to remember going to like an internet cafe to go and de- uh, go onto the ACCA's website to then read the results and find out whether I was successful. And I was successful, but I do remember looking at the results, seeing the percentage marks, and then just thinking, oh, they haven't updated it because that's the marks I got last time. And yet they had updated it. It was the exam marks I got, but it's just very similar marks to the ones that I got first time around. So 
I was really, really bad at getting results. And I still get nervous today for other people. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, it's quite horrible. I'm not a very good exam result getter. I've always been good. Well, I'm not sure it is good, but I've always been able to hide my emotions pretty well. And I would try and, and play it as cool as I could and hopefully not let too many people know when the results were due to come out. I think with hindsight, it's probably not the way I would suggest people play it. I think we are better if people around us know that we might be a bit tetchy, we might be a bit stressed and anxious. And so I would encourage people to share, to tell people, to tell friends and family. And I know it's tough, but even colleagues particularly, I think a lot of people these days actually get their result whilst they are at work, if they're they're working full time. And that adds another element of anxiety to it if you're going to get the results in front of people in a, a room at work. I was reminded of this just before Christmas. We were running one of our skills days, the Impact Skills Programme. We've had John on before to talk about some of the stuff we do in those for apprentices. But we were running them on the Friday and I hadn't really twigged until a couple of students came to me that morning and said, Ben, you might not have remembered, but today is the day we get our results for the exams we sat in November. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'd never really considered that you'd actually be at college with other students when you get your results. But the, the, these were ICAW students and all the results always come out bang on midday, 12 o'clock for everybody. So I did go around the different classes and just say, if you're expecting results, we'll be absolutely fine if you want to pop out of the room at 5 to 12 just to be away from the classroom when you get your results. Thank goodness everybody that was in with us that day actually passed their exams. So it was a brilliant afternoon because everybody was relieved and excited and happy. But I was prepared for a, a bit of consoling if we needed to for anybody that, that didn't pass. I've had those days before, Ben. It's, it's always, I mean, for me, who's not very good at receiving results, it's always very, very nervous. And it's being mindful of those people and just allowing them time to get their results. So we we very carefully schedule breaks and lunchtime and things like that to make sure that people have got the time to go away, get their results and, you know, deal with the emotions that come with that rather than having text messages pinging off in the classroom midway through an example that I'm going through on corporate tax or something. So I think all of that is just going back to the point of just think about the date the result is due to come out. Think about where you're going to be. Are you going to be at college on the next unit? Are you going to be at work? Are you going to be at home? Is that going to be the right place for you to receive the results? I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I'll tell the story again. On my first ever ACCA exam results day, I was actually out of the country on holiday in Tenerife. And in those days, Dave, like you, it was postal results. Yep. And the postal address the ACCA had for me on their record was the office for the firm I worked for. So the results weren't going to home, not that I was there anyway. I was yep. in Las Americas in Tenerife. But they went to the office, addressed to me, and I vividly remember being on a payphone. This is really aging us tonight, isn't it? Talking yep. about letters and envelopes and payphones. Don't even think we were in the Euro then, so I was probably putting pesetas in a payphone in Tenerife, <laughs> phone back to rural Cambridgeshire to the office that I was working in at the time, to the receptionist that answered the phone and asking her to open the envelope because I knew the day it was going to be delivered. And she told me the results down the phone from 
Cambridgeshire to Tenerife. Luckily, I passed those two. And then this is something I'm sure a lot of people will have their own mini superstitions. I was then so superstitious, sounds daft now thinking about it, that for the rest of my ACCA, I always wanted to be out of the office on results day and would always phone back in. I continued to have the results delivered to the office. I would always phone in and do it that way because I passed the first time. Isn't it weird what superstitions people have? It's not weird as far as I'm concerned, Ben. I'm incredibly superstitious with things like that. I thought you were going to say I made a point of being in, in Tenerife every single time I had exam results coming in. Unfortunately, the budget and the holiday allowance at work wouldn't allow for that. That would be that would be really good, wouldn't it? Every year um, or every quarter booking a holiday in Tenerife. Um, unlike you, I did fail. I didn't fail any of my ACCA, but I did AAT first and I did fail one of my AAT exams, the equivalent of the AMAC exam now at level four. In my day, that was a written exam where you used to go to a room and sit the exam with other people and then wait for your results. And I failed that one. So, so we will reflect in a moment on what to do post-results because at the moment we haven't actually opened the email these days in mine and your day, opened the envelope. But we've thought about when they're coming out, where we're going to be, who we're going to tell and getting results. So just bear with me. I might be a bit moody over breakfast or a bit quiet and anxious at lunchtime when I'm expecting to get the, the text message. Then I guess we open the email, open the envelope, get the text and it's going to go one of two ways isn't it our exams are from that perspective quite binary i know we get a grade and a score in i think all of the exams we teach for now but fundamentally it boils down to does the result show that i've passed or does the result show that i've failed toss a coin i don't think i would want you to toss a coin on the day but for now, when we're talking about it, we need to go one of two ways. Dave, which way should we go to talk about first? Let's let's say we pass, shall we? Okay, let's get the, the good news first. So we have opened the email, had the text message. We have got more marks than we needed to pass. What do we do, Dave? What, what are our kind of go-through process at that point? Probably we're going to give a little cheer. Um we're going to be making sure we celebrate and I, I do think it's important that we do celebrate in whichever way we choose to celebrate whether it's having a meal with our friends whether it's going out for a night out whether it's you know going out at lunchtime some people from the office and um, just mark the occasion because it is something to be proud of and um, there's, there's a couple of things that I I tend to worry about is um the students that think they that, that are kind of almost perfectionists that have just passed an ACCA exam, they've got 55% and they beat themselves up because they only just got over half marks without realising that the majority of people that take ACCA exams don't make the pass mark. They don't make the 50% pass mark. You've done At 55%, you've done remarkably well. It's an achievement that most people don't get taking that exam. So it's absolutely huge to be able to pass those exams. It's the same with all qualifications, though. Achieving the pass mark is, is absolutely brilliant. And you know, if anyone thinks that, oh, I didn't get a very good mark, if you pass the exam, you've got a really, really good mark. And I, I recognise when we've come from kind of college, done GCSEs, done A-levels, done your B-Tech, and been to university, whatever education we've done, where we are taught that the higher the mark we get, the higher the grade that we get, 
within professional exams, the most important thing is that we get the achieve the pass mark. Now, there are in AAT, there are gradings that you get slightly higher marks. However, what most employers tend to look for, have you got the AAT qualification? Have you got the certificate? Have you got the letters after your name? Same with ACCA, same with ICAW. So um, don't beat yourself up if you don't think your mark was brilliant. If you pass the exams, your mark is brilliant. So if you're successful, relax, enjoy it, celebrate. It is worth reflecting and just thinking, you know, when I went into that exam, was there anything that I think I could have done better? And and if that is the case, then maybe that's a, a good point for further development. But don't beat yourself up too much. And the only thing with celebrating is don't let it go on too long. So, you know, if, if you you know celebrate for three and a half months, you've probably missed your next exam sitting and you're really holding your studies back. Uh, but yeah, go out over the course of a weekend or the night of the exams, really celebrate it. Um, make sure that you do accept other people's congratulations. It's really, really easy to say, oh, it was nothing um, or, you know, to hide away from it and think, oh, you know, I'm, my family don't care about me passing this exam. They should care. It's a massive, massive accomplishment. You know, your friends, your family, they really should care about you achieving it because it's a huge accomplishment. So take some time to give yourself a pat on the back, to celebrate, to enjoy that moment before you then get back on and study the next exam. Can I just add to that? I, I agree a hundred percent. Share the success with your tutor. As tutors, Dave, nothing we love more than getting emails. And I know it really boosts the 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 vibe, the confidence, the good feeling with the tutor team and everybody at first intuition, actually, because it's it's a real team effort, team FI. Um, so share that with people. It was interesting on the day I was talking about when the students were in getting their result, everybody was quite coy. I think a lot of that came from the fact they didn't want to be too visibly celebrating if they suddenly then realised somebody in the room had not got a past result. And they all secretly almost came to me and said, I passed, I passed. And when I was confident everybody I'd ticked off my list had passed, then I said... Well done, everybody, on the results. Um, but but just be mindful of the other people around you. You might be in the position that actually you're working alongside or you are at college on the day you get your results with people that haven't passed the exam. So I'm not saying that should necessarily mean you don't celebrate, but just be mindful of what you are saying and how that visibly looks to other people. But also share the excess if you are doing it through the support of your employer with people you work with. I have seen a few students recently that have emailed me to say, Ben, just got my results. Brilliant. I passed. Thank your team very much for all the help and support. And they copied in their line manager or one of the directors or partners at the organization, the firm they worked for. That's a really nice touch. And, and pretty much every single time, the partner, the manager had emailed back within about five, 10 minutes saying, great really pleased for you. I know how hard you worked. Really great. And I think that goes a, a really long way in just kind of linking other people in with your studies. It's not showing off. It's not bragging. You need to do it obviously in the right way. But genuinely, people will be really pleased for you if you've passed the exam. Anything else on the pass mentality before we talk about the alternate result, which is a non-pass? No, it's... Just, as I say, reflect on the things that you, you think you could have done better. 
because it's very easy to get swept up in the euphoria and then forget that you left the study a little bit too late and you had to cram for five days solidly where you were working crazy, crazy hours to help get yourself through the exam. And you maybe could make your life a little bit easier um, next time you do the exam by planning your studies a little better in advance. So on the flip side, there will always be students that fail exams. I openly admit I failed one of my AAT exams. And the day I got that result, it really did hit me quite hard, actually. I think up until then, I'd never really, other than my driving test, had a test that was quite as binary, pass and fail. At school and college, as you alluded to earlier, Dave, it was all graded and therefore an A, a B, a C, or as we see now in GCSEs, a level 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, meant there was a bit of a sliding scale. And I'd never really had that, oh my goodness, I haven't passed that exam, which means I've now got to tell people I've failed it and think about how I'm going to resit the exam. What are your thoughts on maybe first reactions, first actions or steps if you've opened the email or the text message and you haven't got the grade needed to pass? Well, as I've, I've talked about before, um, I I failed um, exams in the final year of my degree and, and I had to go back and retake exams in order to get my degree kind of a year after all of my, my classmates had graduated. And it was really, really hard. I, I found it incredibly difficult. So I received my exam results in June um, and that, that effectively was, was told that I, I wouldn't be getting the degree that I studied for based on the results that I'd achieved. I would need to come back and retake the exams if I wanted to. And I didn't really know what to do. Um, I, I think I spent the best part of six months vaguely doing the same sort of study that I'd done before, which hadn't really worked. And it, it was only after about six months that I really came to terms with the fact that I needed to do things differently and I needed to change. So it is really, really tough to get to that point where you accept the fact that you've been unsuccessful. For me, the big difference or, or the big change that I needed to make was in how I approached studying which is again something that's very very hard for people to come to terms with if you've been unsuccessful in an exam but you've done the same thing that you've done for the last 15 years of your academic life throughout all of school a levels gcse's maybe you've been to university you've used the same study approach to pay yourself to all of those exams and it's always been successful and now it's let you down the recognition that something's got to change is is really tough to come to terms with um I think once you do come to terms with it and you realize that the study method you used before didn't work, you need to make changes and you identify how you make those changes. That's when you actually really grow. And once I recognized that and I made the changes that I need to, I then went on and didn't fail any exams after that. But I took the exams 12 months after I failed the original exams. And in that 12 months, the first six months were spent doing exactly the same stuff that didn't have the result the first time and wouldn't have had the result the second time until I made changes. So for me, it's coming to terms with, yes, you've been unsuccessful, that's hard. Recognizing 
why you were unsuccessful, recognizing what went wrong, and then looking at what can I do next time to change and putting those changes in place. For me, I think it actually mirrors something I've I've done a bit of research on, that the stages of the grieving process. Now, I'm not saying it is as big a deal as somebody dying, but for you in the moment when you failed an exam, it's pretty all-consuming potentially. And if you've done any research into the stages of grief, different people go through these phases in different speeds, but there are some kind of recognised emotional states that you go through the first one is denial and i think we see this quite often when the results come out there will be some students that bury their heads in the sand that see the result and just want to turn away almost your analogy of not wanting to open the envelope while the envelope stayed unopened i hadn't actually had to confront what was inside it and even when i see that i failed a lot of students will just kind of close the computer down and disappear off um, I went for a long walk and just kind of had to kind of clear my head and think about it. But if that if that denial goes on for days and dare I say it weeks, now we're in a bit of a problem because while we're effectively denying we need to do anything, we're not making any progress, are we? Second stage is then anger. And I have had students that get quite cross. They start looking for things to blame, whether they blame themselves and get angry or really frustrated with myself. We've had students that then get angry and start looking for other things. Oh, the the ACCA put in a really rogue question in my exam. That was so unfair. Or they start saying the study material didn't quite cover the stuff in the same way that my exam did or my tutor didn't mention it in those terms. And we see that a lot, don't we, Dave, that people will start pointing fingers and blaming But we need to move people through that process. It is natural. It is one of the stages. But you need to move over. You you will be cross. You will be frustrated with yourself and potentially others. But that's not going to change the result. You need to deal with it and move on. Next stage we see people heading into is um, something they call the bargaining stage which I think is where students now potentially get lulled into the fact that the awarding body will say, you can start an appeal or a review process. You start trying to almost negotiate your result. Um, And there will always be the right to appeal. I don't think the exams would allow to be held if there wasn't the right for a student to appeal the result. But I think you're going to echo what I usually say on this one, Dave. We know that appeals process is quite often a a false promise and your exam is not going to be miraculously turned from the fail result you were originally given to a pass. Um, What's your thoughts on that kind of bargaining? It's it's very, very rare that you see a result overturned on a a review. Um, Sometimes it's worth doing to get extra feedback and i think some of the examples do give you extra feedback on individual questions and performance things like that but no i mean usually if you're a borderline student your exam paper has been marked multiple times um it, it will have been looked at by the original marker and then by someone else just to make sure that they're giving you a fair mark uh, we have interviewed in the past markers for professional bodies and and the marker's view is is that they want you to pass. 
they're trying to give you the maximum number of marks that they possibly can based on what you've written. Markers aren't out there to try and take marks away from you. They're there to try and give you the best mark they possibly can. So it would be very unusual for a, um, a mark to be overturned. Where I have seen marks overturned is where there genuinely has been a mistake in the exam. And then everyone taking that exam will usually get a mark or two allocated to them to compensate there for compensate them for being an error in the exam. But it's very, very unusual for an exam result to be overturned through an admin review. I always think those reviews take two precious things away from students. They take money because they cost money. And I would always say, think wisely about whether your money would be better spent on some additional study resources or some additional tutor time instead of the appeal. They also take time, not your time directly, but time away from you actually moving on and preparing thoroughly for a reset. It just kind of kicks it down the road. It's kicking the can down the road, isn't it, usually? And I know there is a bit of a natural reaction that it just puts it off. But actually, I think your time would be better spent now focusing on, right, what do I need to do? What do I need to focus on? What do I need to do differently this time to pass the exam on a, a reset? That moves us on to the next stage, which is depression. This is where students can get really down, really down where they've actually now confronted the fact, I'm not going to appeal. I have failed the exam. And now it becomes very real very quickly add an observation in the chat box about bouncing back. And this is the stage you've got to be mindful of. You've got to watch yourself in, but you've got to try and get through that on the other side. Um, do some stuff that makes you feel positive. Up your exercise, up your energy. Do something that gives you a good feeling. Potentially getting back into study, talking to someone coming to a, a workshop with your tutor or going to a revision session just to kind of be with other people that can resonate or, or hopefully empathize with the feelings that you are feeling. And once we're through that depression stage, and I'm not underplaying that, I know that can be really brutal for students, you are then at true acceptance. And true acceptance, that final stage, is where you can then come back out the other side with some positives. There are potentially, and it won't seem like this at the time when you open the email, but there are potentially some positives to failing the exam. Dave, how would you turn a negative into a positive for a student? Um, it's difficult to see where, how you can say, oh, failing the exam, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, what I found is that you know, I, I consider the the my failure at university to be the most important exams that I or most important exam that I ever took, um, and the reason for that is because it took me six months, and there was a big chunk of depression in there. I would say because it, it was me, you know, just grinding out the same thing that I'd always done, you know, knowing it wasn't going to give me any kind of different outcome, but just doing it automatically. Um, having the recognition that I needed to change something. Um, I also, it was the first time that I personally had paid money to someone to teach me stuff. Um, because prior to that, I'd gone to a university course and I've been lectured out, I've been to school, I've been to college. And um, I, I paid money to a tutor who to teach me 
um, general relativity. If anyone is a, a big theoretical physics fan, um, and I recognised that I couldn't do it on my own. And I think there's a, I think this is probably something from school that we get that we almost are told that we have to do it ourselves. It's got to be only our efforts and it can't be anyone else's efforts. And if you do seek help from someone else, it's almost seen as cheating as, oh, you were cheating because you went, got help from someone else. Um, whereas it's not cheating in the, in the real world. We, in business, we get consultants to come in and help us all the time. You know, we pay external advisors to give us advice. You know, if you're running a business, you'll have a tax advisor. You'll also have an, a, a, a traditional accountant that will give you accountancy advice. You may have a business strategy person that's going to come in and give you advice there. Um, and it's no different to doing that. Because I couldn't understand something a way that a lecture had presented to me, because I was unable to use a textbook to understand that textbook in such a way that enables me to pass an exam, getting someone else to teach me in a different way and explain things differently to me, that did work. So it meant that now when I find that I can't do something, my go-to is, well, if I can't do it, is there someone that can do this thing for me? And that's a really powerful thing because then now I realize I don't have to do everything myself because other people can really help me. I think my, my positives came from thinking I could have passed that exam. It wasn't the feeling that I couldn't have passed it. I thought, do you know what? I think if I'd have done a bit better, I would have passed that exam. I am capable of doing it. And a lot of the fear of the exam itself actually then slowly moved away because it wasn't something that I couldn't envisage myself actually passing. It motivated me to work that bit harder. I didn't want that feeling again if I could do a bit more work so I could channel that back into my study. And although in my day you got very little feedback, I still knew the score. I still knew how close I was to passing. These days, I think students get a bit more feedback on the particular area of the exam or maybe the tasks of the exam they didn't do as well in. So you can use that as a debrief exercise share that with your tutor, somebody that knows and understands the syllabus to say, where do I need to go and focus? What particular tasks or exercises do I need to do? And use that as the driver into your study plan for the reset. We've been teaching for many, many years, Dave, and time does fly by. We sound older and older as we say that, don't we? But one one exam sitting or a three-month setback at the time seems like a disaster, the worst thing in the world. Believe you me, it is not the worst thing in the world. There is lots of horrible stuff going on in our world at the moment, and you will bounce back. If you've got the right people around you, you've got the right support, and you can refocus your energy, you can definitely go back and pass your reset. I, I agree, and I think that the biggest challenge sometimes is asking for help and there are people that will help you. Um, you know, whether it is people that you go to class with, whether it's people that you work with, whether it's friends and family that may understand the things that you're going through, whether it is logging on here on a Wednesday and and watching the podcast being recorded live and asking questions of Ben and I, um, th there's always some kind of support group out there that will be able to help you. Um, you're not the first person to fail an exam. You're not the first person to go through this journey. 
learn from other people and um, rather than doing it all yourself you know, reach out and ask for help i'm going to wrap up this podcast by saying good luck if you are listening to this waiting for your result hopefully we've given you something that you can draw on do but there are people around you as dave says to support you so reach out to those people thank you everyone for listening to the fi podcast with your hosts ben and dave as always, you can head over to the show notes where you can find the links and resources spoken about in today's episodes. 